Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2273. Is Training to Failure Necessary for Muscle Growth? By Christian Finn of MuscleEvo.net. And I'm Dr. Neil, your very own host and narrator. Hey there, and welcome back to the show that's all about improving your health and fitness, all by reading to you from some of the world's best websites covering diet, nutrition, exercise, and a lot more. And then with a bit of my commentary at the end. And we're going to get right into today's article and start optimizing your life. Is Training to Failure Necessary for Muscle Growth? By Christian Finn of MuscleEvo.net One Australian study that caught my eye this week from John Sampson and Herbert Grayler looked at failure versus not-to-failure training and its effect on gains in size and strength. The authors took a group of 28 untrained men and assigned them to one of three groups. All three groups followed the same training program for 12 weeks. This involved four sets of arm curls separated by three minutes of rest performed three times a week. The only difference was that one of the groups took every set to muscular failure, that point where you're unable to complete another repetition using correct technique. Groups two and three stopped each set before reaching failure. Subjects in the failure group averaged six repetitions per set. They also used a controlled repetition tempo, taking two seconds to lift the weight and two seconds to lower it. Group two, on the other hand, left one to two repetitions in the tank at the end of each set. They also used a slightly faster lifting speed, raising the weight as quickly as they could and taking around two seconds to lower it. Subjects in the third group also stopped a couple of repetitions short of failure, but they lifted and lowered the weight as quickly as possible. At the end of the study, all three groups had gained size and strength, but the researchers could not find any significant differences between them. Despite a substantial decrease in training volume, participants in the two not-to-failure groups gained just as much size and strength as the ones who took every set to failure. One major limitation with this study is that it looked at a group of untrained beginners training their elbow flexors, meaning the biceps and brachialis muscles. It doesn't tell us how trained individuals or other muscles would respond to the same program. What's more, the fact that there were no statistically significant differences in muscle growth doesn't mean there were no differences at all. The failure group made the greatest gains, posting an 11.6% increase in muscle size. This is compared to a 10.9% gain in the slow not-to-failure group 
and a 7.1% gain in the FAST not-to-failure group. Also, both not-to-failure groups performed a single set to failure each week. This allowed the researchers to adjust the amount of weight that was used the following week. Although just one of the 12 weekly sets was taken to failure, this could have had an impact on the results. One interesting feature of this study, which I haven't seen tried before, is the way that the authors tried to ensure that all three groups contained an equal number of low and high responders. We know that some people gain size and strength faster than others, even when following the same training program. We call them high or fast responders. Other people progress more slowly and are referred to as slow or low responders. If by chance, a large number of fast responders had ended up in one of the three groups, it could have skewed the results. To separate the high and low responders, a four-week familiarization phase was inserted at the start of the study. The people who made the slowest strength gains during this phase were classed as low responders, while those who gained strength the fastest were labeled high responders. The authors then made sure that an equal number of high and low responders were assigned to each of the three groups. This is a nice idea, in theory at least. However, I'm not convinced that strength gains in the elbow flexors after four weeks of training is sufficient to distinguish between high and low responders. Other studies on the subject have separated the two by looking at gains in muscle mass over a longer period of time. One trial, for example, found roughly four times greater gains in muscle mass in the high versus low responders over a 12-week period. Muscular failure is usually defined at the point at which you're unable to complete another repetition using correct technique. But not to failure, on the other hand, might mean stopping a set one to two repetitions short of failure. It could involve taking a long pause between each repetition or inserting a 30-second rest period in the middle of a set. In other words, not to failure is a term that can mean different things depending on the study and may involve terminating a set relatively close to or some distance from momentary muscular failure. That's one of the reasons why studies that compare failure with not to failure training often have conflicting results. Building muscle takes a lot of hard work and effort, and chances are you're going to end up failing on some of your work sets whether you plan to or not. But there's very little evidence to suggest that it needs to be the focus of your training or that intentionally training to failure is necessary for building bigger, stronger muscles. You just listened to the post titled, Is Training to Failure Necessary for Muscle Growth? by Christian Finn of MuscleEvo.net. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com health. Just go to indeed.com health right now 
and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I appreciated today's author, Christian's deep dive into the research on this. It seems that, in this case, the traditional idea of incorporating variety into our strength training sessions holds up. That means there will be days or weeks when the goal is to simply focus on lifting a weight until we can't lift it anymore, or, as it was called in today's post, training to muscle failure. At other times, we should stop lifting the weight, even though we may have some strength left. It's just like when we're training the body for anything else. Say we want to run a 5K. To prepare the body for this, We wouldn't start by running a 5K. We wouldn't then run a 5K multiple times a week in preparation for the event either. Instead, we would incorporate some shorter runs, some days where we jog, maybe some sprints, and so on. Variety is key to all forms of training. So there's no need to train to failure every single workout. Mix things up. All right, that'll do it for another edition of Optimal Health Daily. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a great rest of your day and be sure to tune in again tomorrow where I'll have another post for you and where your optimal life awaits.